let's just jump right into the podcast today. I don't even feel like I want to take any of the normal time. I meander and kind of ease my way into the podcast. I just want to go full blown podcast today. Um, so here's the question I've got for you. Who's running the show? Who's running the show? Who's actually, humanly speaking, who's running the show on planet Earth? Who's in control? Who's calling the shots? What if I told you that there was biblical foundation that I could easily stand upon and say, the devil, Satan, has control of the world systems? Some of you, especially my Calvinistic friends and listeners, would say, oh my goodness, Jeff has just taught heresy with a five-second statement. Well, anything that I submit to you in this podcast, you need to understand that when I'm talking about full control, I'm not talking about autonomy. I'm not talking about anything operating outside of God's sovereign plan of redemption for all of creation. What I'm talking about is that we live in this thing called time and space and somebody's running the show. And I want to preface everything I'm saying by saying what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the devil is in control to the extent where God has no say so or that in any sense, God does not have power over the devil. What I'm saying is the Bible is very clear that as it pertains to the uh, patterns that are taking place in America, patterns of thought, patterns of philosophy, patterns of government, patterns of education, patterns of entertainment, patterns of cultural um, norms, the devil, Satan, is in control. Now, I would like to tell you why I can say such a statement like that, and it is because um, Jesus did not rebuke the devil, Satan, in Luke chapter number four, when Satan told Jesus that all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory are in this hour, and since even then, given to Lucifer, given to Satan. Do you remember the temptation of Jesus? Do you remember when Satan had confronted Jesus after Jesus had been fasting in the wilderness at the onset of his ministry, right after Jesus' baptism, Jesus was driven by the Spirit out into the wilderness, and for 40 days he was tempted by um, Satan. And so one of the temptations is specified in Luke 4, um, verse five and six, and it says that Satan led Jesus up a mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So just stop with me there for a second. So Satan is literally at that time on earth. Satan is present with Jesus. The reason he is present is to tempt Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry and to prevent Jesus from fulfilling the Father's will. He is there to give Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he's there to give him the kingdoms of the world. Now, he can't do that unless those kingdoms are his to give. And so he says, I'm going to give you 
all this dominion and its glory, for it has been handed over to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Don't miss that. What you have right there is a pulling back of the curtain into something that is not specified doctrinally or through theology, through explicit teaching in scripture. It's just a statement in the midst of a gospel narrative where Satan is literally the fallen angel, Lucifer, the one who was evicted from heaven, is having a discussion with Jesus as the son of man, the human representative on earth. And Jesus is hearing Satan say, I'm going to go ahead and give you all of the kingdoms of the earth. Somehow, in some way, Satan knows that Jesus has come to redeem all of earth from the curse, from the fall, and to rule and reign over the kingdoms of the world. Satan knows that at the onset of Jesus's ministry. And he says, Jesus, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I can give all of these to you right now because they've been given to me. So Satan is the ruler. He's the God of this world, the ruler of this world, the prince of this world. His domain is in the heavenly realms and the skies. He is the prince of the power of the air. And he literally has authority and he has control over the world systems. Don't miss what he said. He said, it has been handed over to me and I give it to whoever I want. That's what Satan said to Jesus. Now, if none of that was true, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus would have said, Satan, you don't know what you're talking about. These belong to me. I already have them. They're mine. I don't have to listen to you, and you have nothing to give because these kingdoms do not belong to you. But Jesus didn't say any of that. And the reason why is because it is true. Satan is the ruler of this age. He is the dark prince over all the earth. And when he said to Jesus, I can give the dominion of the kingdoms of man to whoever I want, I can do that because they're actually mine. And guess what? Satan does do that. Satan does exercise his rule and his reign in the lives of human beings through the processing, the stewarding of world kingdoms through people that he chooses and empowers and gives um, them the access and the right to rule. Um, here, here's another concept of this. Jesus even understood that all of those outside of his redemption, outside of the economy of faith, outside of the kingdom, every single human being outside of Jesus is a child of the devil and under their full control. So all non-Christians are under the control of Satan and have in some measure on some level, the same desires of Satan. Jesus said this in the book of John chapter eight, verse 43 and 44. He says, do you not understand what I'm saying? It's because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and it does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. So Jesus doesn't have this notion of Satan as a representative evil force. No, Satan is an actual being and Jesus says he has his own children, children of darkness, children of wrath. Those are descriptions given to those that are non-believers, non-Christians. And the Bible says that Satan has given 
the kingdoms, the rule, the authority, the exercising of governing the planet to whoever he wants, and he has given them to people. It's very interesting. You know, we, we also read in 1 John 3.10 this statement. Then it reveals that we either belong to Jesus Christ, and if we don't, we belong to the devil. How do I know that? Well, 1 John 3.10, very plain. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are made manifest. Those who do not practice righteousness are not of God, nor are the ones who do not love their brothers. 1 John 3.10, so there you have the statement. It's a contrast statement. Some people are the children of God. Hallelujah. How do you become a child of God? By repenting of your sin, by placing your faith in Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, by believing upon him, by no longer running your life independently from him, by no longer allowing yourself to give every uh, desire in your heart an expression, and you are denying yourself. You take up your cross daily. You follow Christ. He becomes the Lord of your life. When you do that, he is Lord. When you don't do that, the devil is your functional Lord. Let me give you something. Everybody has a master. Paul said, reckon yourselves uh, to be dead unto sin. And he said in another place, do you not know the one whom you obey is your master? Everybody has a master. Christians, hear me on this. Our master is the son of God, Jesus Christ, the Lord. He's the master. And if we um, are not in Jesus Christ, the Lord, then the devil is our master. By the way, he doesn't want you to know that. He, he does not want you. Not, a, not every unbeliever is an active Satanist, but every unbeliever is a positional Satanist. That means they're under the control of the devil. There is, There are only two types of people in planet earth on planet earth right now children of god and children of the devil there's no middle ground you're in one camp or the other you're not migrating your way towards one or the other you're in one camp or the other and death finalizes and seals your position so if you are in christ and you die you are in christ forever if you die outside of christ you're outside of christ forever and you will remain in the family of satan now this is not you know easily digested stuff but it's stuff that we don't talk about. So this tells us, listen, that every single person either belongs to God or belongs to the devil. And John, 1 John 3.10 says, one of the key definitions or key diagnostics is those who live for practicing sin, and that just means your bent is towards giving into your desires for sin. And it doesn't only have to be moral sin. It could be something as common as selfishness. Uh, it could be as common as, you know, just denying God that lordship in your life. Yeah, then you're practicing sin and you are a child of the devil. So non-Christians, it's very unpopular. Non-Christians belong to Satan. There are moral non-Christians that belong to Satan. There are people whose politics might line up perfectly with yours as a Christian, but they're not saved and they belong to Satan. They may do some good things, but they belong to Satan. Friendly people belong to Satan. Nice people belong to Satan. Gentle people belong to Satan. If they're not in Christ, they belong like the, the whole spectrum is covered in within the people who comprise the children of darkness. Not everybody is sacrificing babies that belongs to Satan. Some of them are moralistic, you know, government, civil and church leaders. They're just not born again. They're still yet in their sins. And so then you get to first John five nineteen, 
and this is a statement that I want to kind of loop back to what I originally was talking about. What about the systems? What about the kingdoms of man? What about the governments? What about the nations? What about the rulers? Who do they belong to? Oh, they belong to the devil. They absolutely belong to the devil. We know, 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Hello. 1 John 5, 19, unapolog- unapologetically, unapologetically says, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So behind every government, there is a puppeteer. Now, what's interesting is that we also see in scripture that God ordains the powers that be. So isn't that amazing that if you have a wicked ruling government on some level, God has allowed that. And because he has allowed it, Satan has propped up one of his appointees to be in government. But again, it's all under the authority of God, but it is active. Satan is actively ordaining and working through human government. Um, people are uh, confused about this. And when we think through these issues, we need to look at what's happening in the world. Um, if you're unfamiliar with biblical prophecy, at the end of the age, there will be an attempt at a global government, and it will be um, ruled by a human who's given the title in Scripture as the Antichrist. He is the one who either functions declaring himself to be the Christ or he is the one who is um, actively opposing Christ. He's actually going to be both. He's going to declare himself to be God and then he is going to proceed to act in ways that are against Christ, even rallying the global um, government and the world, the countries, the nations that he leads. He's going to be rallying them to defy all things Christian, all things Jesus. And guys, what we're seeing today is we're seeing this proactive um, manifesting of these biblical realities. You know, this has always been the case, even going back to the Roman Empire, but now it is no longer uh, subverted. It is, um, it's overt. And so you're seeing governments, especially here in the United States of America, if you listen to and look at the legislation that has been passed and is being passed in our nation, it is lawless, it is unaccountable, it is immoral, it is deviant, it is malicious, and what we have seen in our nation, especially in uh, this presidential administration, and I will honor the office of president, but I will also honor the truth And the truth is very clear that the present governmental administration, federal especially, is facilitating evil by legislation. Uh, You could take the abortion issue alone, and there is actual legislation to let babies born alive to die. Born alive to die to die. If they can't kill them in the womb because that's being fought, then they're going to seek in some cases to pass legislation that allows babies born alive to die. Then we have the issue of the aggressive agenda of transgenderism. Now, if there's anything that is clearly unbiblical, ungodly, 
unholy and unlawful as God's eyes view it. It is to say to the creator, we don't like the way you created people. We're going to recreate the recreation narrative and we're going to let people be whatever they want. And what's so maddening about this is that it conflicts with other types of legislation that in and of themselves were aggressive and wrong, but now you have competing evils. And so you've gotten to this place where the the aggressive homosexual advancement in legislation, the laws that were passed, the demand for men to marry men and women to marry women, and now transgenderism was tied to that, and we no longer know what is a man or what is a woman. So there's confusion in the war room of hell. But the devil loves it because he's the author of confusion. And so when we see this played out, I want you to know it's not about Democrats or Republicans. My goodness, friends, it's just different versions of evil. And at some point when we vote every four years, we've got to pick which version of evil are we going to vote for? And some people just are radically confused. People ask me from time to time, Jeff, how can you vote Republican? Oh, it's easy. Republicans protect babies more than Democrats. That's it. That is it. Nothing is more essential for me than to protect those who are truly defenseless. There is no more vulnerable and defenseless place in existence than the womb of an American woman. Because there is an aggressive infanticide agenda to go into that womb where a baby cannot do a single thing to defend itself. And they go in and they cut and they suck and they vacuum and they sew up and they say everything's fine. In the meantime, they murdered a child. And Republicans tend to be much more against that than Democrats. And I just made up my mind a long time ago that I'd never stand before the Lord and give an account as a Christian for why I voted for any kind of governmental platform that would allow for a greater extermination of life in the womb. You don't have to agree with me on that. You can vote the way you feel led to vote, but all of us are going to give an account. And so at some point you've got to realize, man, does God want to kill babies in the womb or does Satan, which makes more sense? Oh, I think it's Satan, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before I knew you, I formed you in the womb. What does that mean? Before a baby is a baby, it is an idea or a thought in the heart, the infinite heart of God. God wraps human flesh around that idea, that thought, that knowledge, and he brings a baby into the world. And so every single conception has a destiny on it by God, no matter the means of the conception, has a destiny on it by God. Why? Because before he knew the baby, before he made the baby, he knew the baby, and he decreed that the baby would come in existence. So you can't say that God wants life in the womb to be exterminated. You, you have to believe that that's the devil. Now, that's just America, and that's just one issue. Are there others? Yeah, there's a lot of others. And so none of us can take the side of saying, well, wait a minute, the other side's got some bad stuff too. You're absolutely right. I don't agree with everything on the Republican. I'm not even a registered Republican. But this is so much more than just polit politics and voting. This is spiritual. Like if the devil is the prince of the power of the air, that means he's got to be doing something. And one of the main things he's doing is trying to convince people that, no, this is just boys behaving badly in government. No, friends, he controls the world systems. 
He controls the world kingdoms. He has in the in the curse. He was a ban- he was banished to earth. He was literally and when Adam and Eve forfeited their dominion in the garden by sinning against God by taking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eating of the forbidden fruit. In that moment, they sinned against God. Adam forfeited his dominion on the earth. Satan took it through the means of deception. Jesus Christ has broken the power of the curse through his death and resurrection. And so now all things are being restored. But even now, there is the reality that Satan still exercises dominion. How do I know? Because after the death and resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, John wrote in 1 John 18 that the, the um, excuse me, in 1 John 5, uh, 19, that the whole world, present tense, lies in the power of the evil one. The whole world. That was after the death and resurrection. Paul describes principalities and powers. And the enemy operates through our ignorance. And so when we're looking to the government to help life make sense, you are crazy. I look to the government to provide some measure of order, which in America that is disappearing, violence, open borders. Um, We see the absolute moral implosion of America. We see it everywhere. That's listen, part of that's being facilitated through government agendas. And behind it all is the grand puppeteer, Satan pulling the strings. So I don't know what you think about this, but here's the good news. Uh, I've, I've quoted several verses from first John or a couple, and I like first John five eighteen. It says, we know that no one who is born of God practices sin, but he who was born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. The evil one cannot touch the child of God unto that child of God's destruction cannot. The only way the devil gets to work in your life or my life is when we invite him in, when we have open doors, when we come into agreement with his ways and he will work anytime that door is open. He will barge right through an open door where we have not denied him, where we have not defied him, where we have not pled the blood of Jesus against him. He'll walk right in and he will touch us. But When we are walking in the spirit and do not invite him in, we abide under the covering of God. Why do I bother saying that? Because ultimately this is the conclusion that we live in a ridiculously immeasurably wicked world. And that world is under the control of Satan until the restoration of all things until the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords returns to this planet and puts down every single governmental system. The kingdoms of men will become the kingdoms of God, the kingdom of God and his Lord, the Christ. So at the end of the age, Jesus restores the kingdom unto God and he rules. Jesus will rule on this earth as the king over every king, the Lord over every Lord. Don't forget the antichrist and the false prophet get thrown into the lake of fire. And then Satan gets thrown into the lake of fire. They know that's coming. They read the Bible. Every demon knows it. Satan knows it. And they rage against the nations because they know their time is short. All that's in the Bible, guys. So you're literally living on a battlefield. 
A lot of people don't clue into this. They think it's a picnic ground and not a battleground. They think it's a playground and not a battleground. It's a battleground. This, this whole planet is under spiritual war and the enemy does not want you to know it. So he is masterfully gifted in deception and distraction. And what we've got to realize is that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we're literally in a war with principalities and powers that are controlled by Satan that are facilitated through human government. And I'm not crazy. This is in your Bible. I'm just saying it so plainly that it sounds lunatic, but it's true. And the problem is much of the church doesn't believe this. So we think we can fix these problems by better government. No, the government only impedes. It either, it either improves or enhances or it impedes the facilitation of evil by human beings. You know, God ordained human government and we're supposed to honor positions of government. That's why you don't hear me blasting any president. Um, I did that early on in my ministry. I, I remember blasting the second term of President Obama. The first term I was thinking, well, we have an African-American president. I think that's good for our country. He seems uh, like a gifted leader. And then by the end of his first term, I realized his policies were way more heinous than I had thought. I didn't vote for him in the first term, but I protested him vehemently, calling him out by name, mocking him. And God wore me out. He said, I put him in the, in the office and you're going to respect the office. So you don't hear me going after Obama. You don't hear me going after Trump. You don't hear me going after Biden. You hear me going after the devil. You hear me going after policies that are antichrist in nature. You hear me lining up my words with scripture and then laying them over the world system and the governmental system and where the world system and governmental system is out of alignment with what the Bible says, I'm going to talk about it. And you should too. And so when we're looking at this, I want you to remember as I wrap up, Satan has temporary control of the kingdoms of man. It's temporary, but he's got it. And the only way those strongholds come, come down is when Holy Spirit people, full of spirit, full of truth, operating in faith, tear down the strongholds, destroy every argument that lifts, lifts itself up against the knowledge of God, that combats darkness with light, combats violence with the kingdom gospel of peace, combats destruction and murder with a declaration of the right to live speaking specifically about infanticide and the extermination of babies in the womb that listen to me. I have, I have to say this every now and then I know, you know what I believe. What do you believe about life in the womb? Do you believe that God is for abortion and don't give me the 0.5% of those that are by rape or incest. Don't give me that. What about the 99.5% that have nothing to do with that and are matters of convenience because the baby's not wanted? What are you for? Are you for any government system that says we should be allowed to kill babies? And I'm going to say it as plainly as that. It's killing babies. And if you're for that, I hope you have good, good um, biblical foundation. Let me let you in on a secret. You don't because there isn't any. You believe that because you want to believe it. And so I'm going to speak out against abortion. I'm going to speak pro-life. 
from the womb till the tomb. We ought to be caring for the children. The church should take the lead in that. I'm going to speak out against this rampant, aggressive agenda to um, radicalize our school children and their thoughts and beliefs about gender. It's straight up Satan. They're going after our babies. They're going after our kindergartners. They're going after our third graders. They're going after your middle schoolers. If you're not, if you, if you are raising very small children and you are not fully biblically indoctrinating them on what the word of God says, then the schools will indoctrinate your kids for you. And by the time they're in fifth grade, they're going to be reporting your parents. That's going to happen. It's already happening. There's already legislation that keeps the parents out of the ident or gender identity of their own children. Keeps the school is working to keep parents out of it. And then in Canada, um, there are some liberal uh, politicians that have passed laws that can arrest parents for um, interfering with the gender reassignment agenda of the local schools up there. Hello, that's the devil. That is the devil. That's the world you live in. And guys, listen, I know I'm only talking about a couple of the issues, but do I have to talk about more to wake us up? When you vote, you empower. When you vote, you empower. You need to think about how you vote. Because it's not out there somewhere. It's happening right here, right now. The delusion of a generation, a full generation, is the goal of the prince of the power of the air. He's going to work through education. He's going to work through entertainment. It's, and by the way, it's not going to look overt. It's overt to those of us that have eyes to see. But to those who are blind to the things of God, it just looks like, you know, life is normal. And it's happening right before our very eyes. And the Christian church is arguing about Bible versions and whether or not a woman can preach. So we need repentance. I hope that you'll listen to this today. And I hope you'll do something with what you hear. My goal in this podcast is not to be heard for the sake of being heard. I don't even know how many people listen to this. I've got technical people that help produce this podcast. They know how many. I don't have any clue how many people listen to my podcast. That's not my, my concern. I hope that a lot are listening to it, not because I need to be heard, but because what I'm sharing is, is countering the narrative and the culture. I just hope you're doing something with it, man. Some of you need to repent of your politics and you need, to, you need to start asking God, what is your priority? What's the most urgent matter? Since I can't find a political party or a political candidate that will fully represent my Christian views, then God, what is the most important, crucial, contemporary view that needs to be um, focused upon as I cast my vote every four years for a president? And state legislation, all of that. Like, good night alive. We're voting in ways that have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit and the church is confused. All right, you stayed tuned in. I applaud you. Find out more. Go to maverickmisfit.com. You can also take advantage of a whole lot more resources by going to transformingtruth.org. If you go to transformingtruth.org, that is the primary ministry website under which Mavericks and Misfits falls. And you can get the Transforming Truth app. If you get the Transforming Truth app, you get everything that we put out here. Every sermon, every podcast, every social media post, uh, lots of opportunities. We have opportunities on transformingtruth.org for you to help support mission works that we get involved in. 
I never asked for money on Mavericks and Misfits, but if you go by transformingtruth.org and you feel like God is leading you to contribute to that umbrella ministry, it gives you an opportunity to select missions with your donation. i uh, got a need right now in um, East Africa where we can set up running water and a greater uh, electrical grid in a village in Kenya. Um, the pastor there says, could, could the American church help me with building a latrine uh, so that my family can have a better, more sanitary way of using the bathroom. And so if you're interested in helping out with things like that, you can go to transformingtruth.org. And as I wrap up today, don't forget, we're now in registration season for Caneo the upcoming year. You can register at caneomtc.com. Register at caneomtc.com. A $50 registration fee will secure your spot. Hope you'll do it and join me, Pastor Karen, uh, Dr. Karen Smith teaches year one and year two. Uh, Dr. Robert Slairdon, author of God's Generals, teaches year three alongside with Dr. Philip Fields, who teaches year three. And I teach year four. And um, if you want to register as a degree track student, I get to teach a lot of the degree classes by video. So it's a lot of great opportunity for you to grow in your Christian faith, to understand better the kingdom and what you're living in. So you can spot better the kingdom of darkness, which you're living also in. You're not part of it, but you're in it, bro. You're in it, my sister. And we need to wake up and we need to start being the kingdom citizens that God has called us to be. We need to be like Jesus who looked at Satan when Satan made that offer. Bow down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. We need to do exactly what Jesus did. Quote scripture back to the devil and say, I ain't bound down to you nor your system. I am here for the glory of another and his kingdom is going to prevail. We'll talk to you next time. God bless. What a word. We're happy you were able to tune in today. You can help us reach more people by rating and reviewing Mavericks and Misfits on whatever platform you use to listen to today's podcast. Connect with Jeff on his personal and ministry social media links by visiting transformingtruth.org. Also, feel free to email Jeff with comments or questions at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. I'll say it again, jeff at maverickmisfit.com. We will talk to you again next week. Peace.